guys. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I wanted to do a solo podcast because I feel like I haven't checked in with you guys in a while. And also because there has been just so much going on and I have been posting like some things on social media and having some really incredible conversations with some of you. And I just think that I'd like to do a podcast about, you know, say the last five months. So I have been talking so, so, so much about burnout and self-love and, you know, learning to take care of yourself. And I've really been trying to open myself up into learning these things myself and then through learning them, really talking with you guys about them. So I want to take you back to last year, 2021, really 2020 and 2021. As you guys know, I am a healthcare worker. I work in pharmacy and I have worked this entire pandemic and we have worked short staffed just with high levels of anxiety, COVID outbreaks, you know, just the whole nine yards. And the last few months of 2021 became so unbelievably overwhelming for me that I kind of dug myself into a hole. And it was like a really unfamiliar hole. I've never really had this type of feeling before. So as a lot of you know, I have struggled with my mental health in the past. I have been previously diagnosed with postpartum depression, uh, specifically in regards with anger. Um, But I've also like had anxiety my whole life. It's just part of who I am. I'm an anxious person by nature. And then you know, also just brought up this way. (laughs) So this whole feeling of like sadness was really new for me. And so I started to track it. I started to track in the fall and I was finding that, you know, more than half of the days of the month that this was happening to me. And so I really started to look at it and really like red flag it and become really self-aware of how I was feeling during these times. And I really don't know what to tell you other than nothing. I was feeling absolutely nothing. I just felt numb. I felt like I was in a hole and couldn't get myself out. I was still functioning I was still getting up, going to work, working all day, coming home, being a mom, you know, cooking dinner with my husband, having dinner with my family, doing the bedtime routine. And then I was plopping myself in front of our TV every single night thinking, you know, okay, I just need to rest. I just need to rest. And that's always worked in the past and it wasn't working. It was like almost putting the depression deeper. It was like, It was making things worse, but I had no energy to do anything else. So I was finding that this hole I felt like I was sitting in, it would never leave. Like all of a sudden, you know, five, six days later, I would wake up and I would feel that heaviness was gone. And I was like, okay, finally we're out. And then a couple of days would go by and I'd be back in the heavy feeling. And it was really awful. It really started to take a toll on me. And honestly, I started questioning 
everything I was doing, I actually joke and say I was having like a midlife crisis at 33. And part of me still feels like it is that way. (laughs) But I just really started not enjoying my day to day. I really did not like getting up, going to work every day. I was bringing a lot of work home with me. And then the biggest red flag for me was when I started having, apparently, having conversations with my husband and I wouldn't have any memory of them. So, for example, this is not a real conversation that happened, but just kind of to give you like an example of what it looked like. Chris would ask me something very simple, like, you know, can you throw in the load of laundry tomorrow when you're working from home? And I would say, yep, no problem. And I didn't do it. So then he would say to me, hey, did you throw in that load of laundry? And I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he'd be like, Amanda, I asked you to throw in a load of laundry and you said no problem. And I'd be like, you never asked me to throw in a load of laundry. And this kept happening. So he was getting really frustrated with me because he was like, how are you having conversations with me and you have no recollection of them? And that started to like really freak me out. And then it really started to go into my parenting, which we all know is just, it's not something I want to bring in. Like, I don't want to have to bring my shit into my parenting. There's nothing that makes me more sad, frustrated, just feel like a failure than when I bring my shit to my kids. And that was kind of the last straw for me. So I did go to the doctor and I talked about it with my doctor and then I had talked about it with my therapist who I see all the time um and they all recommended that you know I take a break so I did and I also received a prescription for citalopram and this was really hard for me so If anybody knows me, I mean, I work in pharmacy, but I'm like dead ass against taking meds. (laughs) Like I don't even take Advil unless like I'm absolutely dying. It's just never been a thing for me. I don't really love to take medicine. And so the fact that I was staring down at a prescription bottle, like I filled the prescription, but it took me a really long time to take it. I was so afraid of that stigma. I was so afraid to let people know that I was going to take medication. I was so afraid that people would know that I wasn't strong enough, that I couldn't do this on my own. I had done this so many times on my own. And now looking back, I struggled so freaking much. I think I should have been on medication a long ass time ago. And I thank myself every day that I took it. So for anyone who's struggling with that, I got a lot of feedback from you guys. The way I looked at it was I had a conversation. I actually went out to dinner. The first day I took a break, I went out to dinner with two of my oldest and dearest friends. And I was telling them about it. And one of them just looked at me and she was like, well, what's the worst that could happen? So you're telling me that you feel really terrible most of the time. You're going to therapy. You're doing, you know, the things that you know how to do that make you feel better and they're not working. So why don't you add a medicine? Maybe if you add some medication, it will help 
with all of the other things. Maybe then going to therapy and doing the things that you know make you feel good will amplify when you have medication. Maybe you'll be able to focus on those things more. And I just was like, I don't know. I don't know. And so a couple of days went by and I just thought, okay, she's right. I'm going to try it. So about three weeks after I um, started the medication, I realized that a whole week had gone by and that heaviness was gone for a whole week. And I don't think I'd had a whole week without that heavy feeling for months, probably six, seven months. And that really opened my eyes. I didn't feel any different other than I felt not so on edge, not so irritable, and that heaviness was gone. So that was in December. We are now in March and that heaviness has not come back. So I want you to know, like disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not not any of those things. But I will vouch for if you think medication might be for you, I think you should talk to your doctor about it because it's been life changing for me. I didn't even realize that just like the level of anxiety I think I was walking around with every single day was so high. Like I feel like a completely different person in such a good way. Like I feel totally like myself. So I know a lot of people get scared of like, it'll change me for who I am. It didn't change me at all. It actually made me a better version of myself. And if you're worried about what people are thinking, then don't tell anybody. You know, you don't have to post it on social media like I did. You don't have to tell anybody. It can be just between yourself and your family, like your immediate family. You don't even have to tell them. You just need to do what's best for you. And so along this way, as I took a break from just literally life in general, I really was looking inward and trying to figure out, you know, what makes me happy? What is it that I like? Um, I'm not sure if any of you have watched the the Netflix show uh, Made, and I realize it's based on a true story, but Made really spoke to me because just this one scene. So spoiler alert, if none of you have watched it, skip through like the next minute. But we we were watching it and there was a point when she's in the woman's shelter and she's going through like their store and she is looking at all the clothes and the girl says to her, what's your favorite color? And she sat and thought about it and she said, you know, I don't really even know what my favorite color is. And that resonated with me. I didn't know what my favorite color was. I don't actually really even know what I'd like to do. I just know that I work. I work my ass off and I'm a mom. I love my podcast. I love connecting with you guys. I love talking about my struggles because my struggles are really supporting some of you and normalizing these things. And that is what sets me on fire. So I spent a lot of time looking inward and how can I do this more? How can I put more into Honest as a Mother and really be there for my community and really be there for moms everywhere? And one of the reasons, one of the things I thought of was I need to share this. I need to share with you guys what happened. And also I need to really lean into my struggles 
to find what I want. So one of the things I've really come up with is I want to be a coach. I want to help the mom who is struggling with what I have been struggling with. I want to help the mom who feels like she has to be a martyr. She has to put everybody else's needs before her own and struggles with mom guilt if she does anything for herself. I want to help the mom who is hating her day to day and doesn't know what her favorite color is or what she enjoys doing. I want to help those moms. And what I'm finding is so many of you are in the same boat and it breaks my heart because that was such a hard time for me and I'm only coming out of it now and I'm really starting to piece together who I am. I have so much work to do still. It is such a huge journey that I honestly could not have done it without some of you and for those of you that I have connected with and we've had discussions about it like I love you guys so much part of the reason that I got a lot of the help that I got and part of the reason that I want to be a coach for moms is because of some of you some of you reached out and could really kind of read between the lines of some of my posts and were like hey are you okay what's going on I've had some really incredible conversations with some other coaches who are like, you know, this, this is for you. This is what you need to do. And I really, truly feel like this is my calling. I want to be that person for moms, honestly, everywhere. So I started off by doing like a little focus group and I have a couple of moms who want to be my guinea pigs. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited to just be that person for moms. So watch for it because I am going to launch a coaching program and I want to do one-on-one coaching. And I also think I want to do some groups. I think moms work really well in groups and I would love nothing more than to be able to support more than one of you at one time. So look out for that. And last but not least... I wanted to let you know that I read this book. I know that some of you have probably all read it. I feel like it's such a super popular book in the motherhood world, but I read, or just women, with women in general. So I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle when I was off and hiding away from life. (laughs) And it literally changed my life. So I just recently bought the journal which I'm going to dive into tonight. But I really wanted to leave you guys with this quote that I've read in this book because it spoke to me. It's literally what I want to do with my life and how I'm trying to change this conversation for myself, for my daughter, and for all of you. So the quote is, Mothers have martyred themselves in their children's names since the beginning of time. We have lived as if she who disappears the most loves the most. We have been conditioned to prove our love by slowly ceasing to exist. What a terrible burden for our children to bear knowing that they are the reason their mother stopped living. What a terrible burden for our daughters to bear to know that if they choose to become mothers, this will be their fate too. Because if we show them that being a martyr is the highest form of love, that is what they will become. They will feel obligated to love as well as their mothers loved after all. They will believe 
they have permission to live only as fully as their mothers allowed themselves to live. That literally gives me goosebumps every time I read it. And my mom did it. That's why I'm doing it. And I'm breaking that. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm important. My needs are important. When my cup is full, my children are literally happier. My children feed off of all of my feelings. I'm super sensitive. I have huge feelings like this is where my children get it from. And when I'm not happy, it's so obvious. And I own it now. You know, I own it. And when I'm having a hard time, I'm asking for help. I'm leaning on Chris. I am looking inward. I'm taking the time that I need for myself. And I am here to help every single one of you do the same. So I hope you enjoyed my rant. I really appreciate all of you that have been supportive to me through the last few months. And thank you to everyone that listens to this podcast. And if you do need some coaching and you want to work with me, I don't have my website yet, but DM me. We'll set something up. Have a great day, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest as a Mother podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you.